Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 766 for the 22nd of October, 2021. This week, Facebook is the service we love to hate, or maybe we hate to love. There are ways to make Facebook work to your advantage, not Facebook's. We'll explore some of them. In short circuits, sometimes an external disk drive that's connected to a computer may enter standby mode and cause problems. Although a Windows setting should keep that from happening, it doesn't always work. There is an alternative that does. Advertisers use certain keywords to interest potential buyers. It's not too surprising that scammers have found words that help them run their cons. In spare parts, only on the website, a quick look at a transparent scam, one that's beyond laughable. A survey says more than 80% of workers like the idea of automation. Do you buy that? And 20 years ago, USB 2.0 had just been released, and it was considerably faster than the original. Odds are that you have a Facebook account, but you might be annoyed by the service. Facebook went offline for five hours on the 4th of October. When it came back, a lot of people wrote posts lamenting that it had returned. Maybe learning how to use it smarter would be a good idea. According to Statista, Facebook has about 302 million users in the United States. The population of the United States is about 331 million, so this suggests that 9 in 10 of us use Facebook, or at least have an account. Now that seems unlikely, so maybe we'd better just leave it at this. A majority of U.S. residents have a Facebook account. So if you really do hate using Facebook, you have some options. Leave, make useless complaints, work to make it better, or learn how to make it less annoying. Let's consider that fourth option. Those who use Facebook on a computer can reduce their frustrations by installing one of two browser extensions that give users customization options Facebook should have built in. My preference is Social Fixer, but Fluffbuster is also a good application. You'll find these in your browser's extension store. Both are free. Both developers do request donations. Unfortunately, neither of the browser extensions is available for Android or iOS devices because Facebook's legal team has thus far managed to intimidate developers. How many Facebook friends have sent you a message that says, My account has been hacked? Well, it probably hasn't been hacked, but the person's friends list was probably public. A scammer grabbed a photo or two from the victim's account, created a clone account, and then sent friend requests to all of the user's friends. The scammer will then try to con those who accept the phony friend requests with requests for financial help. Here's an example. I'm in Chicago and my car was stolen. My wallet and phone were in the car. I need $600 to get home. I'll pay you back when I return. Can you help? Well, the victim will be asked to send money via Western Union or a similar service, and, of course, they'll never get their money back because their real friend wasn't in Chicago at all. 
To avoid having your account cloned, hide your friends. That makes the account much less attractive to scammers. Open your account information page, select Settings, open the Privacy tab, go to the section labeled How People Find and Contact You, choose Only Me for Who Can See Your Friends List. And while you're there, look around. There are other options in this section that should be reviewed. Although most people who claim their account has been hacked are wrong because it's really only been cloned, accounts can be hacked. Check the Security and Login tab in Settings to see where you're logged in. The list can be quite long, so take a look to find devices or locations you don't recognize. If you find one that's not you, log the device out and then change your password. While you're in the security section, turn on two-factor authentication. You'll need an authenticator app like Google Authenticator or Authy. Once you've set that up, scammers will be blocked from logging into your account even if they have your username and password. Then set up the option to receive alerts when your account is used to log on from a device or browser that you don't normally use. If you've set up two-factor authentication, that's less important, and still it's a good idea. To recover your account if you ever get locked out of it, add the names of three to five Facebook users who can vouch for your identity. When you have a friend who makes annoying posts that you really don't want to see, but you still want to retain that person as a Facebook friend, you have three options. Find any post by that person and click the ellipsis dots in the upper right corner of the post. Choose Unfollow if you want to stop seeing all of the person's posts but continue to be a Facebook friend. No future posts from that person will appear on your timeline. Or choose the Snooze option if you don't really want to unfollow the person but would just like to take a break for 30 days. Later, you can decide if you want to permanently unfollow the person or return to normal. A third option is available if you previously added a friend as a favorite, meaning their posts should appear first in your timeline. You might want to try removing that favorite status so that the posts will appear later in your timeline. Maybe you detest videos that start playing the instant they scroll into sight. Turn them off. Scroll down to the Videos tab in Settings. In this section, you can also specify the default video quality, the default volume, whether captions are displayed or not, and if so, what the captions look like. And to avoid annoying others, stop typing following. You've probably seen this. Somebody posts an interesting message in a group that you follow. Then 37 people post comments with nothing more than the word following. They do this so that they will receive notifications when someone posts a comment. This is unnecessary. All it does is add needless clutter. Instead, click the ellipsis dots in the upper right corner of the post and select Turn on notifications for this post. No muss, no fuss, no clutter. While you're there, also consider the Save Link choice. If the information is something you'd really like to have access to permanently, click that link. Maybe you're annoyed by an overabundance of notifications about posts. If so, you can tone them down or turn them off. Go to Settings and open the Notifications tab. I have turned off all email and SMS notifications. I simply don't want them ever. You can disable notifications for any group, or choose options to display notifications every time a person posts anything to the group, when friends post to the group or suggested posts are present, or only when friends post. 
And just for fun, maybe you'd like to add some fancy text. Facebook doesn't have an option to add bold or italic text to change the typeface or change the type color. Cool, fancy text generator, fancy fonts, and yay text all make it possible to change text style and weight. To a limited extent, some color can be added. Hint, don't overuse these. Facebook isn't perfect. If you do find perfection anywhere on the Internet, anywhere on the planet, or anywhere in the universe, do be sure to let me know where it is. In the meantime, use Facebook for the features you like. Or don't. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In short circuits, sometimes a disk drive on a computer will doze off. Although Windows has settings that should keep this from happening, the settings don't always work. Fortunately, there's a little utility called Keep Alive HD that works flawlessly. Any computer with a single disk drive won't allow the drive to sleep because the operating system and various applications create sufficient disk activity that the device's built-in logic knows better than to let it sleep. But if your computer has multiple disk drives, some of which see only infrequent activity, one or more of those less used drives may sleep, and that can cause problems when an application needs to access it. The drive should simply wake up and respond to whatever application requested data or tried to write data to the drive, but sometimes that doesn't work very well either. A USB 3 disk enclosure containing four drives that's adjacent to my computer had that problem. Four physical drives represent a total of six logical drives, and it was frustrating to receive an error message several times a day indicating that some application couldn't communicate with a drive. A setting in the Advanced Power Plan section of Settings called Turn Off Hard Disks After is set to 20 minutes by default. On a computer with multiple hard drives, that's far too little time. The correct setting is zero, in my opinion. That means, in computer speak, never let the disk go into standby mode. Yet, even with the correct setting, one or more of the disk drives occasionally went to sleep. I installed a little utility called Keep Alive HD that writes a small text file to one or more of the external drives every few minutes. This prevents the device from going into automatic standby mode. The free utility is available on GitHub. The latest version is 1.6.2 beta. It's from 2017. The program is so simple that there's really nothing to update. So there haven't been any updates for four years, and that's okay. The files written to the disk are tiny. Each new file overwrites the old one so your disk won't be cluttered with hundreds of needless files. Each time the application writes information to the disk, it includes a timestamp. If you open the file, you'll find text like this. This file was generated by Keep Alive HD application on, followed by the date, 
and the time that the file was written. Setup is quick and easy. There's, in fact, nothing to install. Just download the file and put it somewhere on the computer. The location is unimportant. I keep the file in my downloads directory, run the file, and check each of the tabs. In settings, you'll want to set the application to run when Windows starts and to minimize when you press the close button. That'll keep you from accidentally closing it. There's a Drive Info tab if you're not sure how many disk drives the computer has or what the drive letters are, you might need it, but probably not. And the Configuration tab. Add any of the drives you want to keep from going into standby mode. You can omit Drive C and any other drives that can be allowed to go on standby. I create a Keep Alive HD directory for the files on each disk, but that isn't necessary either. Setting the application to write its file to the disk every two minutes works well for me. You can experiment with that if you wish, and make sure you click the Enable checkbox. Keep Alive HD will keep your disk drive wide awake, alert, and ready for action. Advertisers know that a couple of dozen words are highly effective in ads. And that's why so many ads read as if they were written by a single person. Scam emails have similar characteristics, too, because crooks have learned that some words generate responses better than others. Marketing legend David Ogilvy published a list of 20 keywords for advertising headlines in the 1960s. Many of them are still useful, but some have been replaced over the past 50 years. Still, these are words that advertising copywriters lean on. Amazing, announcing, at last, bargain, challenge, compare, easy, exclusive, finally, how to, hurry, improvement, introducing, magic, miracle, most, new, now, offer. Quick, remarkable, revolutionary, sensational, startling, suddenly, this, wanted, and why? The main thing scammers want to do is create a sense of urgency. The more urgent their message, the less time you have to think about it. They want you to do something, and like any good advertising copywriter, scammers will tell you exactly what they want you to do. Words like new, invoice, and receipt are common. A new message or an invoice or receipt for something you didn't buy. A message from PayPal may claim to be a receipt for a $1,200 computer. One that claims to be from DHL may explain that your package couldn't be delivered. An email that looks like something from a bank may say your account has unauthorized activity. You'll be told that some activity is required immediately. Some common scam subjects include regarding invoice, missing invoice, message from possibly some name that you know, you have a new message, telephone message, verification required, action required, expiration notice, password expired, you have a Google Drive file shared, the name of someone you know followed by the words sent you some files, and attention required. Check out an email I show on the TechBiter Worldwide website and consider these tells. The subject is NEW MAIL in all caps. The claim is that my email address has been marked for sending out spam mails. I'm told that I must verify your email and password to complete the verification now. Well, that's all fine, of course, because this service is free of charge. The message has a copyright date of 2021, and the copyright holder is techbiter.com. Hmm. 
Well, obviously, it's a social engineering ploy to obtain my email address and password. But look a little bit further. The sender claims to be techbiter.com, but the displayed address is info at pharmaco.fun. Right. The main point is that whether you see scammers' favorite words or not, it's a good idea not to trust any email, instant message, or voicemail implicitly. Any message that tries to convince you that something must be done immediately should be given even more skepticism. Stop. Think for a moment. Practice not clicking links. And proceed with caution. There are no sneaky magic words in spare parts, but you might enjoy this week's articles on the TechBiter Worldwide website. First, a quick look at a transparent scam, one that is beyond laughable. A survey says more than 80% of workers like the idea of automation. Do you buy that? And 20 years ago, USB 2.0 had just been released. It was considerably faster than the original. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.